Um, shall we open our Bibles or our apps to Daniel chapter 4? And we will be reading for, um, I'll be reading from the New International Version, but yours will be equally as will be fine. So chapter 4, verses 1 to 4, I, King Nebuchadnezzar, to the peoples, nations, and men of every language who live in all the world, may you prosper greatly. It is my pleasure to tell you about the miraculous signs and wonders that the Most High has performed for me. How great are his signs, how mighty his wonders, his kingdom is in eternal kingdom, his dominion endures from generation to generation. I, Nebuchadnezzar, was at home in my place, contented and prosperous. Now, words, a tale that told us about chapter 3 last Sunday. And you remember that this guy, King Nebuchadnezzar, has just witness something miraculous. Right, Taylor? This guy should, we know what he means. We know what he's talking about. Um, he had seen the Lord manifested through the fire with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. I mean, this guy had it all. He had the palace. He had the power. He had the prosperity. And he probably had the Pfizer job too. But there was another letter P which I found really weird. He was at peace. He was content. That's in verse 4. I, Nebuchadnezzar, was at home in my place, contented and prosperous. He felt like Elsa in Frozen. No right, no wrong, no rule for me. I am free. Or in this generation where we feel content and we say that everything is all right because I feel happy. When we see words like when the wrong feels good and the right feels whatever. You know, something was weird, this guy. The King Nebuchadnezzar felt content. He was happy. He was at peace. Would you imagine? But something rude was about something. He would have an awakening in, in, in a few minutes. Something was not right. Even though he felt he was okay, even though he felt right with himself, pretty soon he would have a rude awakening. So he had the dream. He had this dream. That's in uh, verses 10 to 12. Let's go jump into verses 10 to 12. These are the visions I saw while lying in my bed. I looked and there before me I stood a tree in the middle of the land. Its height was enormous, the tree grew large and strong, and its top touched the sky. It was visible to the ends of the earth, its leaves were beautiful, its fruits abundant, and on it was food for all. Under the beasts of the field found shelter, and the beasts and the birds of the air live in its branches. From it, every creature was fed. What happened? We would know later on that he fell from the top to the bottom. And you know that picture on the bottom? What he's doing? He's eating grass. He became homeless. He fell from grace from the palace that he was on and he fell. What do you think was, what, what do you think was wrong? 
He felt content. He felt right. He felt like frozen. He felt happy. But something was wrong. What do you think happened? I think it starts with the letter P as well. Pride. I think he was so full of himself. Thank God we're not full of ourselves. Thank God we're not King Nebuchadnezzar. Now, anyone not remember, uh, anyone seen this sign? Nerodo knows it, but do you know where this sign is? By the library in the city. Besides, if you go in the Mater's Lane, you can see this sign. It says, is my spirit willing to emerge? What do you think the spirit mean in this generation? Is that the Holy Spirit? No? What is it that's making people happy? The spirit that we don't call Holy Spirit, but something else. Is the spirit willing to emerge? You see, in this generation, I think it's hard, it's, it's easy for us to be full of ourselves. Uh, you know, I had a few weeks ago gone through a, 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 a Christian bookstore. And in that shelf, there were a few titles that got my interest up. And this is one of them. Well, two books anyway. So if you think and eat yourself, you'll be smart. If you eat the right thing, you'll be okay. And you'll be a perfect you. And these are Christian books, by the way, on the Christian shelves, on the top ten. Thank God we're not like King Nebuchadnezzar that we're, that we're full of ourselves. Thank God we're all humble. Thank God that we're not like him. What does the Bible say? I think the Bible said that we should not, didn't say that we should be, we should discover ourselves. It tells us that we follow Jesus. We're not here to discover ourselves. We're not here to fool ourselves with things. We're here to follow Jesus. Thank God we're not full of ourselves. We're not like King Nebuchadnezzar. Now, before we switch to now the dream again, let me just say that what's going to happen is something earth-shaking. That our Lord God will now break through history, through a dream. And Daniel is about dreams and vision and what, uh, where's Thomas? Thomas, what would be the chap next chap uh, chapter? What would be, how would God now communicate? With a finger, with a handwriting on the wall, many, many tickle. <laughs> right? Now this is, let's not underestimate it. This is now God breaking through history. It's never happened that much. It happened 12 times in the Old Testament and maybe five times in the New Testament. And it says on Acts that in the end of times, our older generation will dream dreams will dream dreams. Let us not underestimate that's what's about to happen, that God will now come and talk to King Nebuchadnezzar through a dream. Verses, that's in, the, that's in this. So this is the many, many tickle. Sorry, I wasn't able to move it. 
And that's the dream. So when I was reading through the book of Daniel, I said, why, why did our Lord, why did Yahweh have to use dream? Why not just send an email, send a lightning, send something simple, drop a piece of paper or a flyer up there, and then drop it? Why? And same thing perhaps was asked by, our, by people around Jesus during his time. Why do you have to talk in parables? Why do you have to talk in puzzles? Why do you have to be so not so clear? Why? Why not use just a simple yes or no? In the book of Mark, um, our Lord tries to talk to the um, disciples, and this is what he said. When he was alone, the twelve and the others around him asked him about the parables. He told them, the secret of the kingdom of God has been given to you, but to those on the outside, everything is said in parables, so that they may be ever seeing, but never perceiving, and ever hearing, but never understanding. You see, the word secret is in the Greek language actually not the word secret, it's the word mystery. So mystery is different from secret. Mystery is what uh, the children time, are, uh, what Hazel, was it Hazel was to mention that the, the Trinity is a mystery. Ella. The, the triune God is a mystery. Secret is when I don't tell you something. Mystery is when you know all the stuff, but we cannot in our language say it, but we're right in the middle of it. Secret is when I don't tell you something. You're outside. Mystery is right, you're smack in the middle of it. Right like this King Nebuchadnezzar. He is right in the midst of a dream. And what happens with stories is that you mull over them, you marinate over them. You think about them. It's like a Trojan horse. It just goes into your brain and you think about it and think about it and think about it. Not like a, a, a four-piece sermon where I put, give you number one, number two, number three, and number four. Maybe, maybe the Lord used a dream because that will require an interpreter. Maybe a dream is there so that we can have some, one, one person named Daniel to explain what has happened to King Nebuchadnezzar. But what was, what was it that King Nebuchadnezzar did? He did something weird again. Anyone has read this? It's in uh, verses 6 to 8. So I commanded that all the wise men of Babylon be brought before me to interpret the dream for me. When the magicians, enchanters, astrologers, and diviners came, I told them the dream, but they could not interpret it for me. Finally, Daniel came into my presence, and I told him the dream, etc., etc., what did the King Nebuchadnezzar do? He googled things. He, he learned about Daniel. He learned about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He had this amazing experience that Taylor was telling us about. And the first thing he did was go to someone else. Doesn't even go and talk to Daniel first. and Not speed dial. Not even a speed dial. He goes to Google them. That's what he does. That's something weird. But Daniel was there 
right along in the margins. Right? Daniel was there. He was in the margin, but he was not the first stop. You see, this generation of ours is not about information age. We are in a disinformation age or over-information age. And all we need to do is walk in the margins and not be in the middle of it all when there's a lot of over-information. But Daniel was right there, right there in the margins, but it was not our first stop. In a few minutes, that choir will be singing about Waymaker, and they will remind us, even when we don't see our Lord working, Jesus is in our midst. And you know why we cannot see Jesus? Because Jesus tends to be in the margins, and we always look in the middle. But Jesus is in our midst. Even when we don't see it, Waymaker, the Lord Jesus, is going to be in our midst. We will be reminded about that in a few minutes. Verse 9. I said, Belteshazzar, chief of the magicians, I know that the spirit of the holy God is in you, and no mystery is too difficult for you. Here is my dream. Finally, finally, he speaks to Daniel, who has always been there in the margins. You know, in the Bible, the majority is always wrong. Truth is not a democracy. If truth was a democracy, then we should have been okay with slavery because that would have been what the majority thought. You see, Christianity and our Lord always comes from the margins. We're always the minority. And Janel was there all along, but we always choose to go to the middle, is what's happening. I don't know why King Nebuchadnezzar did not go. Maybe he was just afraid. He knew that what Daniel was about to tell him, and the dream will tell us later on, uh, that that big tree, that big tree will be cut off. And then when Daniel, and then when King Nebuchadnezzar said, "What does that mean?" Well, Daniel said, "That's you. That's you. You will be cut off." And it took him 12 months to do anything. He didn't actually do anything. And it took him seven years to be down eating grass and being homeless. But Daniel was there by the margins. He was able to talk the truth. You know, in the Bible, the prophets are always there to tell the truth. The Bible historically speak about injustice and exploitation. They spoke on God's behalf when his people went astray and forgot the poor. It says in there in the passage that you, Nebuchadnezzar, should act in righteousness and be compassionate and look after the poor in you. That's when the prophets come in, when we forget to take care of the margins, to take care of the poor. But what does the influencers tell us? Influencers tell us that God is going to enlarge your tent, expand your influence, great favor, will bless you mightily, and doesn't talk to you about repentance, the sin. But they will fill you up that you are good. If you eat the right thing, you will be good. If you have a Spotify list with Hillsong in them, 
you will be good because you're feeding stuff that is good in your body. But that is not what our Lord said. Our Lord said, you are not here to discover yourself. You are here to follow me. To follow me. Be careful with the majority. Be careful with the almighty Google. You stay in the margins. Now, a long, long time ago, years and years ago, I became a pastor. And you know what pastor, my dad was a pastor, so I knew that it was not going to be easy financially. So during one of these times when me and Rhoda and Kayleen, who was just small, we ran out of funds. And our Kia car, and we were in the fast lane during that time, suddenly kunk out of us in the middle of a big highway in America. And we were so sad. We were so distressed because we knew that we had to spend thousands of dollars for that particular car. And so one night, I was just sitting and sitting and mulling things up, not knowing what to do. And so I just grab, you know, the, you know, get letters and you get this junk mail. And then something fell off. There was a letter from someone that we don't really expect to write us and said, this is money for you. And that money was exactly the amount that was required. That was my King Nebuchadnezzar moment. And it wasn't too dramatic, but the problem is, that is what I've noticed with my parents as well. When we run out of money, somebody in England sends us a letter and says, here you go. Here's $200. This is what you need. You see, it's hard to say that it's all coincidence. I think this is all true. I think it is all true. You see, this generation doesn't ask, want you to tell them what to do. They want to, tell, they want to hear the story of how Jesus is real for you. That is what we need to do. We need to tell stories to this generation. We don't tell them because they know what to do. They want to Google things. They'll Google things. They know better than us, right? But what they want to hear is stories. But you see, it's hard for me. I'm not going to tell you that I've had a dream, like Nebuchadnezzar. No, I haven't had a dream. What I'm going to tell you that it, that after some time you become, you feel content. You know, when you do your stuff, you do your work, and you become good at what you do. And you're up here. You feel content, you're at peace. And that's when you forget. And so what, I was very happy when I entered Hope Church a few years ago, 11 years ago, when I sat at the corner so that I can run if this church turned out to be a cult. <laughs> right, but Barry talks to me in the margins. He finds me in the margins. You know, when my... You know, when you become good, my patients tell me, doctor, you, that was a great diagnosis, or my registrars will tell me, doctor, was a good. I always remind myself of the time when I make the wrong diagnosis in order to make sure that I don't get to be full of myself. I'm not to bring me down, but to me to remember that what I have is from God, not from me. 
And it's hard when you feel good already that you are content and that you are good at work and everything is okay with this world. It is good when my daughter reminds me that you should give um, tips for the Uber driver because they don't really earn a lot. That's a reminder from the margins. This is where the Lord lives in the margins. This is where Daniel comes from the margins. Now, these are some of the stuff that we learned from Daniel today, this morning. Hopefully, we've had a, a sense of what this passage is all about. I think for me, personally, uh, we are not to be full of ourselves. But rather, we get over ourselves. And we discover ourselves, yes, but ultimately, what we are here for is to follow our Lord. And we become careful when we are in the middle of it all. I'm not saying that you should not be in the middle. We should be praying for a prime minister who is a Christian. Because it is hard to be in the middle. It is especially hard when you're in the middle because of what King Nebuchadnezzar has shown us today. But for us Christians, we are at home always in the margins. So what do you think about King Nebuchadnezzar? Has he finally gotten it? This is his last words in chapter 4. At the end of the time, I, Nebuchadnezzar, raised my eyes toward heaven and my sanity was restored. At the same time that my sanity was restored, my honor and splendor were restored, returned to me for the glory of my kingdom. My advisors, advisors and nobles sought me out, and I was restored to my throne and became even greater than before. Do you think he got it? No. Let us pray. Lord, we pray that we will not forget, that we will remember that who we are in communion. Lord, we pray that you would humble us and that we will follow you all the days of our lives. Help us, Lord, not to forget. In Jesus' name, amen.